Hi there. I'm Robin from More Than Mothering, and this is episode number six with Mariah. Welcome to the More Than Mothering podcast, where we highlight admirable moms in every stage and with all different experiences and skill sets. We believe moms are the experts in their own home, and we can all learn and be inspired by each other. Mariah looked at me pretty funny when I asked her to be interviewed about mothering, probably because she has never had children of her own. Her husband Daniel and her have undergone infertility struggles over the last several years, as well as some fallen adoptions, and she talks about all of that here. But the reason I wanted to talk to Mariah was not even necessarily about her infertility journey, although I think that's an important story to tell, but because she has chosen to be a mother despite not having biological children. I think you'll be inspired by the way that she has found to do that. Okay, you ready? Let's do it. Okay, sounds good. I'm with my friend Mariah, and uh, she's been willing to um, chat with me over over video here today. Um, Mariah is a wife of Daniel. Uh, they've been married for seven and a half years and uh, lives in Texas. So um, thank you, Mariah, for being willing to do this. And we're going to hope that Mariah's um, holds up because video quality might be a little spotty based on their, yeah, their being out in the boonies. Um, Mariah, <laughs> uh, three words to describe you. What are three words? Uh, I've seen enough of your videos to know that this was coming, and I didn't even think about it. <laughs> um, um, three words. We'll go with creative, um, gosh, this is a lot harder than, than you would think, um, I'm, what's the word, <laughs> trying to be strong, um, Constantly improving isn't one word, okay, but, <laughs> but we'll go with that. That's fine. <laughs> um, we'll say loving. Okay, sounds good. Um, so I know creativity is something I do know about you. You said you're creative. Um, you make incredible, incredible things. Um, quilting mm -hmm. is the thing most people know that know you know you do well. Um, so tell me how you use creativity as an outlet. What does it do for you um, when you have those projects in your life? Creativity, that is my outlet. It's probably my biggest outlet. Um, that has been something that I have been able to just dive into and kind of get lost in it and kind of forget what's going on. And it kind of helps me calm my mind down and process everything. And it also has been um, something that I have been able to use. The reason I started quilting was to do baby quilts for friends that were having babies. And since I am not able to have children, that has been kind of my my way to still stay involved without 
oh, how do I put this? Um, it's helping me be excited for other people's kids and not be depressed about my own situation, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's kind of been my way to do what I love and show that I care and show that I love and show that I'm excited for them. And it also gives me something that I love doing to, um, keep me from being down about the fact that I can't, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's so beautiful to turn that, what, what really feels like a tragedy, I'm sure in a lot of ways to, to turn that into such a gift and a way to give to people. That's, that's really beautiful. Um, so you mentioned infertility. That's, um, that's the big reason why I wanted to, to interview you. I know that that has been a struggle for you and your husband. And, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your perspective about that. Um, first of all, finding out, um, about infertility and, um, kind of dealing with those initial emotions. Can you tell us what that was like for you and Daniel um, first finding out? Um, I found out before we got married that it would be difficult. Um, I knew, let's see, I was diagnosed with PCOS when I was 18. Um, we met when I was 25 and got married shortly thereafter. Um, and so I knew because I knew what the disease was that I, it would be a struggle. Um, but I also knew that it was a possibility. People that have PCOS get pregnant all the time. I knew that mine was a more severe case, but I knew that it was still possible. Um, and so it was a tough conversation to have when we were dating to let him know if we go through with this, you know, if we keep going, there's a very good chance that we can't have kids. Um, but it's always been we've always been very open about it. We've always been aware that that was a possibility. Um, I think the hardest part for us was, um, let's see, about three years ago. Um, so we had been married for about four years and had not been able to get pregnant. Um, we decided to actually go and do fertility treatments which is awful for anybody that has ever done them. <laughs> they are terrible, horrible couple of months. Um, your body goes through so much and it's so many hormones that they're pumping into you and it's crazy and it's exhausting and it's emotional. Um, and to go through that and then come out in the end with um, not having any luck. We didn't have any luck with it. Nothing worked. And then to go back to my doctor afterwards and um, have her say, it's probably just not going to happen. Um, unless we do something super drastic, which we knew that we were not going to do. We weren't willing to go super drastic. Um, it wasn't going to happen. And that was heart wrenching. Um, because I grew up wanting to be a mom. I grew up wanting to have my family. Uh, you know, that was just what you did. Um, so that was, a little debilitating for a while. We kind of, he handled it a lot better than I did, <laughs> but we kind of shut down for a while. Yeah. So after receiving that kind of news, and then there's a real grieving process that you would need to go through. Um, 
tell me a little bit about that. How did you how did you guys handle that individually and together? What helped? What didn't help? We went through the grieving process a couple of times because we grieved the fact that the fertility didn't work, and then we went to we went into um, trying to do adoption. Um, went through that process, getting licensed for that, and ultimately came out of that um, with a very divine answer of that's not what we are supposed to be doing. Um, and so then it started the grieving process all over again. Um, going through the grieving process after fertility, we always had that outlook of, well, we can still adopt. And that kind of helped us get through that. It was difficult. Um, we handle things very differently. Um, Daniel is very internalized. Everything is held in. The, he doesn't show emotion. <laughs> and I am a very emotional person. I cry at the drop of a hat. I'm constantly in tears for one reason or another, happy or sad. I'm just, I'm a very outwardly emotional person. And so that was difficult for us because I wanted someone to just cry with and he just is not that person. Um, and so, you know, he's always been very open about talking about it, but he's just not emotional. Um, and so I really lucky I had some really good, um, friends and family. I had a really good support system around me the whole time. Um, I had a couple of friends that knew the entire process that we were going through with the fertility stuff and, and they were with me all the way through and they were my shoulder. I could cry. I mean, I could cry on Daniel's shoulder. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> he's not super cold, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I had a lot of people um, step in and willing to help out however they could. Um, there was a period after that where I had to kind of step back a little bit from the baby situation. You know, I was able to use quilts and stuff like that to help me kind of get through stuff beforehand. But during the grieving process afterwards, you know, I did have to stop going to baby showers for a little while, um, which was tough because one of my best friends add her baby right after we found out we couldn't get pregnant. Um, so that was really tough because I I made it to her baby shower, but the second it was over, I had to get right back home. Um, that was hard. Um, sorry, I'm an emotional person. <laughs> um, I don't think that we ever will finish grieving, if that makes sense. I think it's a continual thing. Um, there's still things that I can't do, um, going to church on Mother's Day and Father's Day is really difficult, um, not because, you know, I don't appreciate everybody that's in my life that has affected us, and I appreciate everybody that's currently, you know, having their families and all of that, and I love that, um, but it is hard to have that reminder all day long that this is such a wonderful gift, and we can't have that. Um, so that's something that I think we will always, um, we will always be grieving. Um, I think after, after we, um, closed the door on adoption, we, um, were asked to speak at church shortly after. And I was not thrilled about it because I was having a super bitter moment <laughs> and I was really angry with the fact that I have wanted to be a mom all my life. We have wanted to start a family and couldn't. Um, 
but I had a lot of friends and family. Well, not my personal friends and family. I knew of a lot of people that were maybe not in great situations that were able to get pregnant super easy. Um, maybe some moms that aren't super great moms that had no problem having children and were having them right and left. Um, and I was having a really bitter moment. I was really angry. I was angry with life. I was angry with God. I was just angry at everything. Um, and then I was asked to give this talk in church and it was, Oh gosh, now I'm trying to remember the story. Um, it was, see if you can help me remember the names here. It was in the Bible. Um, somebody was going to be the king and, um, God told servant or prophet or something like that, that they were going to be the next king. And the guy got super mad and wanted to have him killed. Are you familiar with that? Oh. <laughs> I'm super bad with details and names. <laughs> um, that sounds vague, but, that's the gist of it. but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, it, that was the gist of it. Um, and uh, what, when I was reading the story that I was supposed to then teach, um, what kept coming to my mind was, you know, this person that has been told by God he's going to be king, and now he's trying to be, you know, he's being sought after to be murdered. Um, he just had such a loving outlook on it, and he never took that to heart. He never hated him. He never, um, he, he still loved him through it all. And that was something that kind of hit home to me that, you know, if it, it kind of reminded me that we are all God's children and God loves us all equally. And I needed to stop and pull my head out of where it shouldn't be and <laughs> <laughs> kind of stepped back and looked at it as we are all God's children. We are all having our struggles. We are all... Uh, there's not a single person that's not going through something. I mean, that person may be easy, you know, have get pregnant, may be able to get pregnant super easily, but come to find out everything else in their life was falling apart and everything was, was really awful. Um, we're all struggling and that kind of helped pull myself outside of myself. Um, I stopped looking inwardly and looked outwardly. And that was a huge healing moment for me that, that really helped me get through that stage of grief at that point. Yeah. Sorry. That's a really long answer for that question. <laughs> okay. Editing's my job. That was really nice. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So uh, you've mentioned baby quilts as a way to um to still be connected in in children's lives i know you are super involved aunt and uncle um in your niece's yeah. lives um and i know personally when we um when we lived in the same place many years ago uh my oldest when she was a baby would not go to anyone except mom <laughs> She was not cool with anybody. And we were out one day, I needed an extra hand and you just picked up my sad baby and she just 
calm down and she was happy and content with you and I was able to do whatever I needed to do and it was like a magic moment like you just have this <laughs> nurturing ability with children so um tell me kind of how you view your role in being able to nurture children around you family included what does that look like for you hold on one second sorry yeah my dog's flipping her bowl because she's hungry <laughs> um when i decided to look outwardly um I have really tried one. I love kids. Um, that is, that's something that I've always, I, I guess that's a God given gift that, you know, as I see it, um, especially with babies, I'm really good at screaming babies. <laughs> um, I decided and, and Daniel and I as a team, we decided that we weren't going to live life as if we have no family. Um, and so we decided everything that we were, we would have done with our own family, we would just do with somebody else's. Um, so I, one of the things that I was super bummed about when we couldn't have kids is I couldn't get my nursery. I couldn't decorate the kids' room. Um, so I have nieces and nephews that are over here frequently. They spend the night all the time. So they have a room at my house and it's decorated and, and it has glow the dark stars on the ceiling. And <laughs> because I wanted to do that for my kids. So I'm just doing it for them. Um, we take my nieces and nephews on um, adventures. Um, once a year around their birthday, we try and take them on an aunt uncle adventure. You know, I wanted to go, things I missed was going to the zoo with my kids or going to a theme park or things like that, or just taking them for a fun dinner, something like that, um, are things that I knew that I would miss out on. So I'm doing that with them. Um, it has been a real blessing because we've had a lot of, um, situations in our family that have not been ideal. And so us not having children has really freed us up to help out where we needed to help you know I can take the kids for you know a day or two so that mom and dad can go take care of other matters or I can step in at the drop of a hat when things kind of fall apart and be up there and and help out when needed um, so that has been a blessing us not having to be tied to another child has opened us up for service opportunities where needed so that's been good well that's amazing well well done you guys um i always like to ask when there's something like this that's particularly painful and difficult for the individual um how can people around you be more sensitive to this particular um struggle and pain what helps and what doesn't That's hard um, because everybody's so individualized as to what bothers them. Sure. Um, I think probably the biggest thing is to ask. Um, there have been times where I'm, I have not been open to speaking about it. And when people ask, can I know? No, not right now. You can't. I, I can't talk about it. Um, 
or when I am, I've been very open about it for a long time. Um, I've had a couple people come to me and, you know, ask, you know, what in this particular moment helps. And, and that changes very frequently. Um, there's times where I can't do baby showers. There's times where I want to be invited and I want to be super involved. Um, there's times where I have, I would love to take your kid and help out and, and get that snuggle time. I love my baby snuggles. And then there's times where I can't necessarily do that. Um, I think just asking and, and genuinely caring, um, is probably the biggest thing. Um, I can tell when people genuinely want to know how to help and I am more open to them <laughs> than people that are asking for the sake of asking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you genuinely care about someone and you genuinely love them and you genuinely want to be there and help them, sometimes that's really all that it takes. It's just knowing that somebody's there for you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, this may not be a question you want to answer any differently than you already have, but when you look into the future of yours and Daniel's family, what does it look like? What's next for you guys? We don't know. Um, we have our plan, but who knows how that will change. Um, at this point, we're just going to keep going and we, um, who knows? There's always a chance that I could have some miracle pregnancy. Um, or not, uh, I guess I go back and forth between hoping and being glad that we're not, <laughs> um, able. Um, but we're just going to kind of keep tracking along and we're, we're just going to live life out with the two of us and we're pretty flexible at this point. Whatever comes along, we'll address it when it gets there. We have really tried not to make too many plans or look too far in advance because if there's one thing we've learned, it's none of the things that we think will happen will happen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're, we just kind of take things day by day, and it will probably be the two of us and whatever family we spend our time with but yeah life, to say. life rarely goes according to plan that's true uh, yeah it, really, <laughs> it rarely does <laughs> thank you so much Mariah. i really appreciate the candidness and the openness that you've been willing to share with us are you ready for a question yeah. all right all right mariah what's your favorite sound thunder oh what's your least favorite sound Nails on a chalkboard. Oh, that, that screeching. That screeching just grates on me. Terrible. What is your favorite word? <sighs> that one's a hard one. Um, <laughs> this is super random, but I'm going to have to go with artichoke. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. There's a reason for this. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever had an artichoke? Have you ever eaten one? Yeah. 
so there's super ugly food. It's a super ugly food and it literally can choke you. The hairs in the middle of the food literally can choke you, but somebody still decided to eat it and it's delicious. And it's probably my favorite food of all times, <laughs> but it has choke in the name. And so it just kind of makes me laugh every time. <laughs> I just have this little visualization of Artie eating this food and choking. And <laughs> oh, that makes my favorite. my favorite answer that has ever been given. So oh, that's amazing. Okay. Um, Mariah, what do you know? Um, I know struggles. Hmm. What do you want to learn? That's a good one. Um, I'm currently working on two things right now. I can quilt all day long. I can take two flat pieces of fabric and make a bigger flat piece of fabric. Um, sewing structured things like clothing and costuming and that kind of thing is so foreign to me. It, it's So that's something I'm learning. And then another super random one that I'm working on learning right now is, have you seen those giant um, soup dumpling videos? Mm -hmm. Like one big giant dumpling and then you has soup inside of it and you pop the straw in and drink the stuff out it's super random but I've been gluten-free for years and so I can't just make one so I'm trying to find a gluten-free alternative to it wow so cool. that sounds awesome um what scares you <laughs> this one's a two-part I'm scared that we won't have the family that we want. And I'm also scared that we will. <laughs> it, it, it's always in the back of my mind, you know, the fear of preparing for not having a family and then some random freak accident happens and I do get pregnant. But then on the other side, I am fearful that that won't happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so uh, even though I've never dealt with that particular struggle, that feels so real and relatable to me. Um, <laughs> mother that inspires you. Oh, that one's a hard one. Um, there's definitely not just one. I mean, my own mother is inspiring. Um, my sisters have been through so many struggles and they are still the most amazing mothers to their kids. Um, I would say there's two that stick out. I've got a cousin who is just the most amazing mom. She just, she is the epitome of just love all the time and just having so much fun. She's so much fun to watch with her family and all the fun that she has on a regular basis. And then I have another friend who is all about living in the moment and it, if there's a rainstorm, at, you know, right at bedtime, go run in the rain because that's what's, those are memories that you cherish forever. You know, bedtimes can come later. Running in the rain is fun now and, and living in the moment is a lot of fun. So those are a couple of moms that are inspiring. What a great reminder. We forget to have fun with our kids so often. Yeah. 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 Um, Mariah, what are you good at? That one's a hard one. Yeah, I hear that every time. Um, I know. <laughs> um, 
um, I'd say I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> I think there's a lot of things that I am I am good at, but I'm not great at anything. Um, I love to cook. I love to quilt. I decorate cookies. Um, if it's crafty, chances are I can do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really good at quieting screaming babies. That's true. That's true. You can end up <laughs> Thank you, Marissa. <laughs> You're welcome. This interview not only made me want to never take advantage of my own little people again and hug them a little closer, but also to take times of personal struggle to turn outward and serve other people in a way that I am uniquely qualified for. Mariah and Daniel have done that so well and so incredibly. And uh, I continue to be grateful for their friendship and their great example. Thank you for listening to the More Than Mothering podcast. You can visit the website at morethan-mothering.com for show notes, images, and the video form of this interview, as well as many other interviews with remarkable women. If you are having a less than day, I hope you leave feeling more than. <laughs>